It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch here on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com. That's the website. Podcast free every day. Catch me tonight on Special Report. I'll be on with Brett Bayer, Molly Hemingway, and Juan Williams. I think we're on set tonight in the big studio here in D.C., Right around 6.45 Eastern, Fox News Channel. Hope to see you there. Heading up to New York after that, I'll be doing various TV shows and performing TV duties for the next couple of days. Of course, hosting this program from the world headquarters as well. We'll be doing all of it sans Christine. Producer Christine is on vacation this whole week. And if you recall, in a recent home stretch segment, which if you had missed it, you can go back to Bonus Benson and re-listen. But we were talking about tattoos. Christine had recently been asking and thinking about getting a tattoo. This was a topic that we broached with Cat Timp a few weeks ago. And Christine was seriously considering going and getting a tattoo, perhaps even on this vacation. So we'll see if she returns from vacation, inked or not. But since that issue was raised, I guess we have tattoos on the brain. And I think it was Wyatt who sent this story for potential discussion. Here's the headline from Fox Business. Subway, meaning the sandwich chain, Subway offering free sandwiches for life to first person who gets foot-long tattoo. Subway also offering prizes to eight other individuals who get smaller tattoos. Here are the details. Subway offering free sandwiches for life to one person who gets a foot-long tattoo on their torso during the sandwich shop's promotional event this week. Fans of the sandwich restaurant are invited to a block party on Wednesday in Las Vegas where the first person to receive a 12-inch by 12-inch logo of its new Subway series promotion on their sternum or back will be rewarded free sandwiches for life given as much as $50,000 worth of gift cards every year. Company also offering prizes to a handful of other individuals who get smaller tattoos of the promotional logo, a 3-inch by 3-inch tattoo imprinted on a person's shoulder blade or forearm or calf will get them free sandwiches for one year, awarded as $4,380 worth of gift cards. Free sandwiches for a year for a lifelong tattoo on your shoulder blade or calf. What a deal. Fans can also receive free sandwiches for a month if they get a two-inch by two-inch logo tattoo. So they're trying to, I guess, get some publicity out of this, and it's working because we're doing it right here. But during our conversation about this earlier, Dan, our engineer, confessed that he is, in fact, a fan of Subway. I will go to Subway very occasionally. I have one order that I tend to like, and I always get it because I am not generally someone who frequents Subway. And I'm not going to criticize you, Dan. I just will say you live in the New York area, and you do have better sandwich options available to you. So I'm a little bit confused. What is it about Subway that you love so much, and would you consider – getting a tattoo of any size if it meant free sandwiches. 
I don't know. I I grew up going to Subway. We always had it like all the time as like a fast food option instead of like a McDonald's or something like that. I don't get it all the time now, but when I do, I, I kind of save it for like a special like treat for myself kind of thing. But I just love getting to pick your own like any topping you want and mixing and matching and stuff like that. Um, I would not get the foot long tattoo. That's a little aggressive. But 12 I would by twelve. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I do have a lot of tattoos already, so adding to them, I probably would do like a three inch or three inch tattoo for this promotion. I would consider of a it. subway logo of the subway logo. I would consider it. Huh. Okay. I mean, so we have someone on the staff willing to consider it, which means they are absolutely going to get people to do this. I think maybe they felt like they could get us to talk about it, but no one would actually get something this size, a monstrosity, on their body forever. But if Dan's willing to do it as a maybe within our pool of four people at the show, there's going to be someone, is there especially a, out in Vegas. Is there a caveat to it where you can get it covered up afterwards, you think? Or do you have to keep it uh, forever? That I don't know. I have not read the fine print on this offer, believe it or not. <laughs> but I think the goal would be to get some of this advertising. I guess you could get it removed, which works to varying extents from what I understand. I'm just not a tattoo person myself, so it's all sort of like foreign to me. Wyatt, I would ask you if you would do this, but I think we all understand the answer to that question is no. However, you posed a very interesting question that's related to all of this. Setting aside Subway, setting aside this promotion and that logo, if you could pick a company and you would agree to get a tattoo of their logo on your body permanently in exchange for free product for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Do you have an answer to that, or are you still saying no? Well, I, I this is tough because, I mean, there's two companies that come to mind. Of course, the Wall Street Journal. I would possibly get <laughs> a WSJ logo on my forehead if it meant I got a lifetime subscription to the Wall Street Journal. And then, wow. <laughs> and then also, I, I actually would. I'm not a tattoo person. I, I, I don't think I really would ever do it. But if it meant that I can get free Rook coffee for the rest of my life, and their logo is pretty cool. It's a little bird and this circle thing. I would maybe do it. Not, not a big one, but maybe just a small little uh, circle. I would, I would maybe do that if I got free coffee for life. All right, so I was thinking about this, and my overall inclination and answer is no. I'm not getting a tattoo, period. However, if there was potentially a deal where I could get the product of the company forever, for free, for life, if I got the tattoo of their logo, I think you're thinking too small, Wyatt, because the Wall Street Journal, I mean, it's a newspaper. It's not that expensive. Coffee, not that expensive. I would go for a very expensive product. So I would maybe get like a NetJets tattoo. So I could have private jets wherever I want to go forever. Or like a United Polaris tattoo for their first class. And I could fly wherever I want, first class for the rest of my life. Or, you know, a major hotel chain. Like Four Seasons or, I don't know, one of the other big chains where I could stay at resorts and hotels in any city that I wanted, whenever I felt like it. I feel like that would be like a much bigger ticket item where it would be more worth it in terms of the cost-benefit analysis. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it needs to be something that is closer to the spirit 
of the Subway offer, which I think Wall Street Journal subscription and Rook Coffee, I, I think, fits in that box. I'm talking about something several levels above that, but I think for good reason. And because you posed it in a very open-ended way, lifetime access to the product in exchange for a tattoo, I decided to go sky's the limit and go high-end travel was where my brain went almost immediately. See, I thought you would have gone Coke Zero. Free See, for that life. Was my f- yes, my first thought was Coke Zero or even long drink, right? Uh, but those things in the scheme of things are inexpensive. Right, I can get, even at its most marked up ridiculous at an airport, I can get a 20-ounce bottle of Coke Zero for like four bucks, which is not cheap for carbonated beverage, but it's still four bucks. Getting a first-class ticket round trip to Europe or something or a private jet wherever I want to go, which means I could go on vacation and even take Roy. We could bring friends with us, no charge to us, unlimited. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So I'd be willing to eat it. I'd be willing to put down $4 for my Coke Zero to bring it aboard my, like, G6 or whatever to take me and Adam and Roy and a couple friends to fill in the blank spot. Just don't tell Christine about this because she would insist as a best friend that she come along. So you'd have to keep that secret from her. If I were to get this, I also think that NetJets would probably not agree to this whole setup because I don't think it's exactly what they're going for. It's not their vibe and they know how expensive their product is. But because I get to set the terms in this hypothetical, that's the answer. I have one one more option for you. If the Yankees said free Mm. tickets for life, would Mm. you get a big Yankees logo on you? Or just like a sports team, like one yeah. of my favorite sports teams where I could get season tickets for life. That is something I would consider. I still think the other options are more appealing and would be worth more. But people get sometimes tattoos of sports teams that they root for as a normal thing to do. So it would be a less bizarre tattoo to get than a corporate logo that has nothing to do with athletics and you know rooting for a franchise and loyalty and all of that so that's not bad that's one that i would at least think about and it also depends like how big could it be concealed somewhere would i be able to pick my seats how many tickets would i get but yeah no i would consider that that would be at least something that i would give a hard look at not a bad option better than the other one that you mentioned i think just in terms of value All right, you can think about yours. And as I said, Christine might be getting a tattoo literally right now as we speak because she was threatening to go get a tattoo on this vacation. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see because she'll be back on Monday. Maybe she'll have a whole, like, sleeve tattoo (laughs) down the side of her arm, just the full arm. I'm going to guess my bet is that she's not going to go forward with it she's not going to go through with it at least on this vacation that's my guess but that might be a stupid bet now that i'm saying it out loud oh we'll find out together a week from today in the meantime i've got to run tv coming up 645 eastern fox news channel i'll be on the special report panel then back here on the radio from new york the rest of the week starting tomorrow same time as always 3 to 6 p.m eastern for the Guy Benson Show.
home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website, podcast, free every single day. Coming to you from New York City for the rest of the week up here for a lot of TV duties and happy to do the radio show up here as well in the process. Well, we talked about it just briefly before the break. And if you haven't heard already, I am very sorry to inform you that Klondike has announced the discontinuation of the beloved Choco Taco after nearly four decades on the market. And I have seen many tributes to the Choco Taco on social media all day, people who are fans of the product who are not pleased by this decision. You wonder if there might be enough of a groundswell of support to maybe bring it back or to save it. I think of the Choco Taco as a staple of the ice cream truck, where it was a popular, I think maybe not popular enough, evidently, but a popular option for people if you're at the beach. So growing up, we'd go to the beach, and you would hear the ice cream truck pull up, not with a little song. Some of the trucks play little songs as they drive down the street and people come running. This one would just ring a bell, like a school bell. I'm here. And then cue all the kids begging their parents for a few bucks to then rush across the sand and get in line and get an ice-cold treat. And my parents, I feel like, would say yes uh, 60-ish percent of the time. Sometimes it was a no, it was too close to dinner or something like that. But generally, we were allowed to go get an ice cream delectable treat. By the way, on my graduation from high school, my high school does this amazing tradition called Project Graduation where you spend the night at the local middle school doing all sorts of fun stuff, and it's meant to keep kids safe as opposed to being out partying, and they make it so fun that everyone wants to be there, and it was great. And my theme for my Project Graduation in 2003 was the Jersey Shore, and they did such a great job with it. And one of the features that they had was an ice cream truck where everything was free. So all night you could just go up and get whatever you wanted, which was kind of like a dream come true. I was 18 at the time, but I was thinking back to being 10 and saying I probably would have put myself in a sugar coma if this had been available to me when I was a little bit younger. So the Choco Taco, it seems, will be no more, whether you're devastated by that or you've never had a Choco Taco, surely you've had some experience with an ice cream truck at some point, you would think. Most Americans, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm in a bubble. Dan, have you had an ice cream truck experience? Oh, yeah, all the time, down on the water growing up, yeah. Wyatt? Yes, 100%. Okay, it's not like some weird thing. This is something common to a lot of communities. Question, we'll go around the horn briefly. If you heard the song coming down the street right now, the little pre-recorded ditty associated with a lot of the trucks or just the bell that I mentioned, and you had a split second to make a decision, what is your go-to order at the ice cream truck, Dan? Um, My first go-to would be a drumstick, which is very much like a Choco Taco. It's just in a different form. Yes, a very similar taste profile and list of ingredients. And I think that is an excellent choice, and that would be 
near the top of my list as well, I would say. Wyatt? This is this is really tough. I'm looking online right now at, at what the menu is on ice cream trucks, and it's just it's tough. Either strawberry shortcake or I really like the, the screwball where you would dig for the, the uh, gumball at the bottom. Yeah, I so was never hard. a screwball fan, but that was a popular one. Was the strawberry shortcake kind of like the eclair on a stick? Yes. It's like ice cream with that sort of like... The crumbles the on crumble. it. The crumble, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's really good. I think I would have to go with the classic, traditional, red, white, and blue rocket popsicle. Oh, boy. Just the popsicle. No ice cream, no dairy involved. It's just a popsicle. It's very America. And maybe I would go every other time. I would get the popsicle one time and then an ice cream product the next time and alternate. But I don't know. Sometimes, especially when it's really hot, I just wanted the popsicle. And a few years ago, we did a summer barbecue at the house. Producer Christine was invited, said she was going to come, said she was going to make vodka shots, like jello shots, then did not come. But we bought for the party those popsicles and we gave them out. And they were a hit because I think there's also some nostalgia attached to the whole experience. Who gets a popsicle anymore when you're an adult? Sometimes you just want a popsicle. I actually saw some kids this summer. I was at a 4th of July party, and they had those long popsicles in the little tubes where you cut off the top, and then you squeeze the ice up into your mouth. Those were good. I liked the blue one, like the blue raspberry one, maybe the red, which could have been cherry. The other ones, take it or leave it. Sometimes you just want a popsicle, even if you happen to be, oh, I don't know, 37 years old. So the demise of the Choco Taco, RIP, sparked this thought. So we decided to turn it into really a tribute and a walk down memory lane of a very sweet variety. And now I'm in the mood for one of these things, honestly. Back here tomorrow from the Big Apple on The Guy Benson Show. We will talk to you then, same time, same place. Have a great night. It's another Big Apple edition of The Guy Benson Show Homestretch. Thank you for being here. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast is free at Guy Benson Show on Twitter and Instagram. Tune in tonight for Gutfeld at 11 p.m. Eastern Fox News Channel. I always look forward to that. You may have seen this clip. It immediately got spread everywhere with the ridicule pouring in. Vice President Kamala Harris was presiding over a roundtable, and she began that roundtable by introducing herself. And she did so in a rather unusual way in Cut 15. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Oh, thank you. Now, my understanding is that this event featured some disability advocates. So sometimes if there are folks, for example, who are blind, speakers will describe themselves to make those people feel more included. Perhaps that was part of what was at play here. But 
saying, I'm Kamala Harris, these are my pronouns, I am a woman sitting at the table. Then she describes her suit. It's like, it's just weird. Does anyone doubt her pronouns? There were a million news articles written about how she was the first woman, dot, 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 after the 2020 election, even when she was selected by Biden. We all know she's a woman. And she says, well, we're here to talk about some of the most pressing issues of our time, but let's now go around the table and spend an hour and a half introducing ourselves with all of these descriptors and pronouns and everything. I'm all for inclusion and making people feel more welcome. But this kind of feels more like a religious ritual with the religion being progressive identity wokeness. And so they went around and they did their thing. Later on, Harris wanted to make some important points on this pressing issue of our time. The issue being abortion in this case. I guess they were talking about abortion with disability activists or something like that. She's taking the lead on abortion rights, which means it's probably a pretty good sign for the pro-life movement. Because whatever she touches, basically the opposite happens. Just look at her work at the border, for example. We can only be so fortunate if that's the case on this issue set. But she did what she often does, which is ramble a bit and toss together a really delicious word salad where she says many words that don't really mean all that much. She sometimes gets stuck on a certain word or phrase, like the significance of the passage of time being very famous in the anthology. See if you might be able to detect yesterday's word of the day for the vice president. Cut 16. The act of the United States Supreme Court to take away a constitutional right that had been recognized the people of America will impact a lot of people and differently in some situations. And we need to be responsive to these issues and also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. So that's why we are convened today. And um, I will add a couple of points in terms of the direct impact. She had impact or impacted. On my scorecard four times in that half a minute clip. And so I think it's time to fire up a brand new montage. Hit it. I think that there can be no higher priority than what we have been clear is our highest priority. We got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. And also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that the significance of the passage of time, it is time for us to do what we have been doing, which is why we will work together and continue to work together. We all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. That has a, a, a long history of, of being part of America's history. I acknowledge one must acknowledge. There is great significance to the passage of time. And that time is every day. <laughs> mm. Well said, Madam Vice President, as always. It's amazing she's only polling 6% in New Hampshire. How is that possible? This amount of raw political talent? And these Democratic voters, 
just so unaware, unappreciative of what they have. These ingrates, who incidentally, obviously, are pretty racist and sexist. The sitting vice president, polling at 6% among Democratic voters for 2024 in the crucial early state of New Hampshire. I wonder how that little factoid might impact her thinking. Gutfeld tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern. See you there, Fox News Channel. Back here on the radio, same time and same place tomorrow. It's the Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Friday Eve, it's the home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. Catch me tonight on Kennedy coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, FBN. I'm on Outnumbered tomorrow at noon in the middle seat on the couch. And I might be joining Shannon Bream tonight in the midnight hour. We are just busy while we're up here in New York. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. GuyBensonShow.com, our website here. Podcast is always free. Well, as advertised on yesterday's program, I was a guest on the panel on Gutfeld, 11 p.m. last night. I tweeted a couple of clips. I wanted to share them with you if you missed it. It was fun. Greg was hosting. He had his typical Cat and Tyrus duo off to his right. Then seated to his left was Dean Kane, the actor who played Superman. There was a lot about his bio that I didn't know until his intro with Greg listing some of the things that he's done in his life, and on top of it all, he's a law enforcement officer. Anyway, super nice guy. He was very complimentary. It's always weird when someone prominent, you feel like is definitely much more famous than you are, knows who you are, or is familiar with your work. It's just sort of disorienting, but I guess cool. So that was where Dean Kane was, and then I had the last seat. And right out of the gate, I had the intro, I believe, you never know what Greg's going to say about you. And they keep it a secret until he is literally introducing you with the whole studio audience sitting there and clapping. And I think the intro was that my previous job before working at Fox was a mannequin for J. Crew, which is, you know, fact check, kind of close to true. In fact, I thought about it in the moment. I believe last night on the show, Literally every single article of clothing I was wearing was from J. Crew, so he wasn't wrong. And then he had given me a hard time last time I was on the program about a beard I had grown out, just to make the point that I could grow one, because usually he mocks me because I look too young. So I grew a beard. He didn't like it. And then when we started chatting in our first topic, this is what he said in Cut 17. And welcome to the show, by the way. I'm glad you shaved your beard. You asked me to, so yes. it's your show, so it's fine. Oh, it, was, it was leaving a rash, so. <laughs> By the way, I bet you the White House. <laughs> I had to stop myself because it sunk in what he said, which was part of an ongoing joke between the two of us. And that was funny. So he got me. He got me, but I had my revenge. I waited several segments because it's a dish best served cold. He didn't know that it was coming, but we were talking about a story involving the rapper Lil Wayne. And I guess Lil Wayne's life had been saved years ago when he was a kid by a police officer, a white police officer. Lil Wayne had shot himself. He was bleeding out and this officer 
willed him back to life and saved his life. And that officer just recently died. And Lil Wayne put out a beautiful tribute to him on social media. And during all the height of the anti-cop stuff a few years ago, Lil Wayne was outspoken saying, no, I have not experienced racism. Let me tell you about what a white cop did for me. He really went against the grain, which I think is admirable. So this tribute to the now deceased officer was the subject of a conversation on Greg's show, a whole segment as a matter of fact, and it was a little bit more serious and earnest than the topics usually are on that show. It did not invite very much comedy. So they had gone all the way around the horn with everyone making nice comments and sort of warm fuzzies, and then Greg comes to me saying, Guy, I know you're a hardcore rap fan, and you're very angry at Lil Wayne for doing this and sort of going against brand. And so I had to make a decision whether or not to roll with it. And I decided to roll with it and then get an extra shot in because previously in the segment, Greg had said he himself is also a rapper. His rap persona is little Greg, which got a laugh. Here is my response to Greg's sort of challenge here in cut 18. I have done nothing but boo myself hoarse at every Lil Wayne concert I've attended <laughs> since he made this announcement. Yes. It's just outrageous, and I won't stand for it. Also, did you say your rap name is Lil Greg? Yes, I know. It's redundant. Is the little necessary? <laughs> Seems superfluous. Got him. Yes. You know what? Right, sometimes when I'm about to trust you, then you stab me in the back. And then I said, yeah, stab down. He's a short man. He's a short king, Greg Gutfeld. He's four foot seven. People don't know that about him. He's going to kill me. Next time I'm on the show, he's going to kill me. Because I know he listens to this show religiously, I'm sure, on the podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. And then we got to another topic at the end of the show. And this was hilarious because the topic is about, and sort of like content warning here for little kids, they sent us the rundown. The final topic is about a bomb scare that turned out to just be a sex toy. And you can look up the details if you want to. But right before we came back from commercial for the segment, the producer's like, hey, let's try to keep this PG-13. Let's not make this an R-rated segment. I'm like, excuse me. This is the topic that you gave us. You know what the subject matter is, and now you're like, oh, last minute, keep it clean, guys. So everyone was making their jokes. Greg came to me. In the moment, I thought of a one-liner. Seemed to go over pretty well. Earmuffs, cut 19. It's better to mistake a sex toy for a bomb than mistaking a bomb for a sex toy. Right. I think that is going to be the quote that I will be remembered by. It's a good one. They both cause different kinds of explosions. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> You can exit on that line, my friend. I'm done. I was worried I might get escorted off the premises. But on Gutfeld, you can get away with some stuff, I guess. Last but not least, there was a whole segment about Chris Cuomo. We haven't talked about this on the show yet. Chris Cuomo is making a return to the news. He is going to be on a station called News Nation. I actually know a few people over there. I wish them all well. Their whole premise was, we are going to do just the news. Sort of what cable news used to be years ago before it became all political and, you know, competing political talking points or whatever. 
they were nostalgic for an older school version of cable news and they were going to do it. And I actually think that there's probably a market for that, you would think. And they've made some good hires, but I guess maybe things aren't going the way they were hoping because they are now hiring Chris Cuomo to have a show over there. And he is, whatever you think of him, he is not that. Right? He is not Mr. Straight Down the Middle News. His whole thing is sort of personality and controversy and that kind of thing. And, of course, the various scandals and criticisms of him on some personal stuff, but then journalistic ethics, all of the things that got him ultimately booted over at CNN. And he gave an interview, Cuomo did, on News Nation, where he made it sound like it was his choice not to return to one of the bigger players in the news universe. Like, he's like, I just didn't feel like I could be a fit in one of the bigger players because we need an insurrection media. And I wanted to go somewhere, you know, smaller, basically, where I could make more of a difference and help people. I guess this sounded good in his head. Like, this was a big choice he was selflessly making as opposed to this is the person who has offered me a job and this is the outlet where I actually can get employed again, so I'm taking it. So people were dunking on him. Cat made the point that it was totally nonsensical and you could just read so transparently through this self-serving spin that he was offering out there. And then Greg came around to me on this issue about how he's sort of casting himself as the little guy, the insurgent news media speaking truth to power. And I just sort of took it from there and couldn't resist at the very end. Cut 20. Son and brother of a governor is the ultimate underdog tale, right? That's uh, the Chris Cuomo story. You're the one person in America clamoring for his comeback. I the was yeah, from the beginning. One. It's you. Yes, I was behind this from the beginning. I from actually the start. You did I a whole disagree. monologue begging CNN to not fire him. I did. I did. You want him and as a guest? Yes, I want him oh. here at Fox. On the five. Oh, no, he, this, <laughs> this network is far too big for his taste, yes. as he tells yeah. us. But I actually disagree. I take him at his word that he likes working at a small network because he seemed to enjoy it at CNN. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Mic drop. Good luck, Chris. That's it for us. Kennedy tonight. Shannon Bream. The evil Shannon Bream, as Greg calls her, which is hilarious. In the midnight hour, I think, and then tomorrow, outnumbered at noon on Fox News Channel. Lots of TV ahead, and of course, the Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place, right here on the radio. We will talk to you then. Home stretch on this Friday. On the Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com, our website. Podcast is always free. Tune in Sunday morning for Fox News Sunday. I will be on the panel. You can check your local listings for that. Brett Bayer is in the anchor chair on Sunday. It is the last day of producer Christine's vacation. So she'll be back here on Monday. We will get all the scoop from her. We've tried the last couple of days. Yesterday and today, Quiet Wyatt tried to book Cookie. Just for a few minutes to get on the cell phone and give us a vacation update, we forced Wyatt to do it at Disney World when he was down there, and Christine has blown him off twice. It's outrageous. Very selfish. Rude, actually, if you think about it. 
what was it, last week that she's like, oh, guy, you're my best friend, best birthday ever, Backstreet Boys, backstage passes, amazing. And then a few, how quickly she forgets, just a week later, multiple days in a row, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't get on a phone for five to seven minutes. You know what we should have done? We should have gone Kim Strassel on her. You should have started calling Christine at 3 o'clock in the morning just to harass her. That's an inside joke here at the show. That's what she did to Kimberly Strassel. She forgot about time zones, but we would not have forgotten. This would have been intentional. So do you think Christine might get an earful on Monday during the home stretch? Like, oh, we'll do a fun vacation update, and then Prosecutor Benson shows up. It's like Jack McCoy walking into the courtroom all of a sudden. So we might go there. We'll see. Meanwhile, here today, I was surprised to learn that both of the guys on the show across the glass, Dan and Wyatt, play the lottery sometimes, or their families do. I have never done it because, to me, it's just so ridiculous. Like, you have no chance of winning. Not none, but it's very close to zero. And the higher the number gets of the jackpot and the more people play, the closer to zero your chances get. Now, I realize if that was everyone's mentality, the lottery wouldn't work, it wouldn't be a thing, and you wouldn't have winners, and there are winners. Although a lot of them end up going broke and having their families destroyed and all this kind of thing. And I think we've talked about that briefly on the show before. It's just not something that I've ever done. I've had the slightest temptation from time to time when my brain starts to wander to what I would do with a billion dollars, because the mega millions is now over a billion. Now, I think the government would take close to half of that, but you would still have, what, close to $600 million if you were to win it all. What would I do? And my brain starts going different directions. I would do this. I would not do that. And then the feeling passes. And I never take the next step of going to some convenience store or something and buying a ticket. It's just, it's not for me. But obviously many, many people disagree. Wyatt, you bought a ticket for this current round of the lottery, the national lottery, I guess it is. You didn't win. Do you have to buy another ticket after like a winner or a ticket is announced? No one claims it. So it rolls over. The the lump sum gets bigger and bigger. Can you hold on to your old ticket and keep hoping that that number gets called? Or do you have to buy a new ticket? You have to buy a new ticket. But, Guy, I, I have to just say, I mean, you've never played the lottery. Like, even when you were, like, 18 years old and you could start betting, you didn't, like, get lottery tickets no. for your first day? Like, no. That's I've gotten – people have given me as a gift, like, scratch-off cards. So you take a quarter out of your pocket and scratch it off. I never win anything, and that's it. That's the closest I've come to playing. I also don't really gamble either. But I guess there's more. That's at least a form of entertainment where you're doing something actively. This is just kind of sitting there and waiting. I like the idea of winning. I just think it's so incredibly unlikely and far-fetched with the odds infinitesimally stacked against me that I just don't spend money on the ticket. That's going to just be a little scrap of garbage very soon. 
But guy, you got to be in it to win it. I feel like I'm like Christine on this one. I feel like this is exactly what Christine would say. But you got to be in it to win it. And you know, everyone has that fantasy of winning the lottery. And are you going to buy another ticket here? Yeah, yeah. There's this machine in one one of the rest areas when you go down the, the Garden State Parkway. And I went to it the other day, and it's like this machine, and it's touchscreen, and so you tap which ones you want, and then it, it shoots them out. It's actually pretty cool. And so that's what I used, and that's what I got my <laughs> ticket. So I'm going to I'm gonna go today. Tonight's the drawing. So I will go before, I think, 10 o'clock is the cutoff. And- All right, the clock is ticking. Yes. Dan? It's, the thing that grabs you is that moment of hope when you take your ticket out and the numbers are about to be called, and you look at it, you're like, maybe this is the time, maybe this is the time, and then the, your hopes are dashed and within seconds. I, I would used to watch the local lotto drawings on, like, local TV. What was her name? Yolanda Vega. <laughs> and the first ball up is two. And I found that kind of interesting, but I never had a ticket to to have my heart sort of flutter over. It just hasn't been a thing for me. Well, my dad played for 30 years with the same numbers, the same exact numbers every every time there was a drawing for 30 years finally won after 30 years it won a significant amount of money whoa like like one not in the millions but in the hundreds of thousands whoa but it took 30 years so imagine all the money he spent so he'd be, he probably, probably spent the same amount i don't know i probably probably I not know. six it's, figures yeah i mean it's like but over 30 years a dollar to a two dollars you know he probably spent that much he anyways. probably spent a lot but i think he probably won more but that's also still right. rare yeah you can play the lottery constantly your entire life and never win anything really It's just, I don't know. It isn't for me, but I would like a billion dollars or whatever. You should take the lump sum. I think just from pure economics, if you were to win, you take the lump sum, not the annual payment, because if you, God forbid, get hit by a bus the next day, that's, you know, sorry, you get one annual payment and the rest goes away. You want to get that money up front. You want to invest it properly, whether there's some charity involved, which is what I would probably do. You start making investments, houses, et cetera. I just think you'd have so many people wanting stuff from you which is why I wouldn't want to advertise that I had the money. Now, Wyatt, question. If you were to win a billion dollars, let's say you're the winner of this. Number one, obviously you would give a small cut to me. Maybe not Christine, especially after she (laughs) stiffed you this week, but I would get a small cut. I would only ask for like, let's say after taxes you get $600 million. I think $600,000 for me, would be fair. I'm just putting that out there. I'm not asking you to fully commit to it, although maybe I should so we'd have a contract and a soundbite so I could play that in court if I needed to. But after you gave me my cut of this just because of my kindness, et cetera, would you continue to show up for work? Or would that be the end of your tenure on The Guy Benson Show? Guy, you literally just said that that you're worried about people if you won that they come up and start asking you for money. Yes, so that's, I'm going to be that person. Well, no, I think what we what we would do is that I'm the clinger here. We would we would go on the ultimate Guy Benson show retreat, all expenses paid on Wyatt. It won't be Disney World. It'll probably be somewhere like crazy. That's it's what a, we would do. A foreign Disney location, <laughs> right? Yeah, One of the international Disney you're, parks. You're Disney, yeah. <laughs> all right, so I will. Take that under consideration. I'm willing to accept that as part of the deal. I have no leverage here, but I'm pretending that I do. But I guess the question stands, do you just quit and never work again? Or what do you do? Because I couldn't do that. Just being an idle rich person for the rest of my life would be mind-numbing. I think I would just keep doing my job. I might take a little bit more time off whenever I feel like it and do more you know, lavish, elaborate things in my spare time. But I think I would work. 
I, I would have to work as well. But um, another note on this on this big trip that I'm just planning in my head. Mm-hmm. Call back to earlier this hour. We will be taking a private jet in our P, oh. in our PJs. We will be taking a PJ. Yes, a private jet around I the world. Hope so, oh, and we could discuss how large the jet would be, or we could all just fly Polaris on United and accrue some points. I'm just saying. Dan, do you keep working or are you done? Um, I would end up probably doing like a nonprofit, something like that, and like or, or play golf for the rest of my life. I don't know. Or just put a ring on it and become a stay-at-home dad. I could do that with a lot of money. With a lot of money and multiple houses, multiple cars with with child seats in them. I think after what Christine did to all of us this week on her vacation on a boat somewhere, allegedly, you should buy the boat. You should go find the boat if it exists and buy it, and then we can go on our big fancy retreat, and Christine can produce the show herself for a week with some guest hosts. That's what I'm maybe two weeks, because what are they going to say? You know why it's worth six hundred mil all of a sudden? He could own this place. I like this. All right, good luck, Wyatt. May the odds be ever in your favor, which they are very much not. We'll get the answer if Wyatt's like a billionaire on Monday and maybe some excuses from Christine on the home stretch. Until then, have a great weekend. See you on Fox News Sunday. It's the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.